Praise the Lord, church. Oh, wait a minute. <laughs> Hold on. Let's try this again. <laughs> Praise the Lord, church. Amen, amen, and amen. I echo the sentiments of David. I was glad when they said unto me, let us go to the house of the Lord. I don't know about you, but I am excited to be in the house of the Lord one more time. When we take a moment to just stop and consider the truth of the matter is the Lord didn't have to let us live. Uh, so we should be glad to be in the service one more time, to be found one more time in the land of the living. My goodness, what a blessed privilege that is. And to fellowship with the saints, to see your faces. Those of you who are worshiping with us online, we thank God for you as well to be in worship with you, even virtually. A beautiful thing to be able to come into the house of the Lord and to fellowship with the saints and yet together corporately lift up, extol, magnify, celebrate, rejoice the God of our salvation for all that he has done for us. That hymn comes to my mind. Count your many blessings one by one. Count your many blessings and look at what God has done. When was the last time you counted all of your blessings? All of us, whether we realize it or not, are the beneficiaries of God's grace and mercy and many bountiful, beautiful blessings. In fact, just to do this, just to inhale and exhale, You've just taken part in God's blessing on your life. And so I'm glad to be here in worship and in fellowship with each and every one of you on today. God has heard from us. And now it's our opportunity, our blessed privilege, prayerfully to hear from him. Let's pray. God, how grateful, how thankful we are. Your word is a lamp unto our feet. It is a light that lights our pathway. We're so thankful for all that you have done. So grateful. Speak to our hearts. Speak to our minds. More importantly, speak a word of life to our souls. And we will be careful to give you all of the glory, all of the honor, all of the praise. In Jesus' name, amen. New directions. New directions. Oftentimes, God will allow life to take us in new directions. I got my first witness. Hadn't done much living, but I got a witness none the least. 
Try as hard as we might to adjust the sails of our lives, the winds and the waves of daily living may take us to places and spaces and through experiences, through tempests and tests and storms and winds and rains that although may seemingly beyond our control, they are never beyond God's control. I want to encourage you this morning that whatever it is you're going through, uh, however high the winds, however strong the rains that might be beating and bleeding upon your life's ship, although it may seem as though uh, th there is no way to control what's going on, and it seems perhaps for some of us this morning that our world is reeling and rocking and out of control. Listen, it's never out of God's control. I don't know if there's anybody here this morning who can identify with that statement that I just made, that, that perhaps you've gone through some moments, some times in your life when it seemed as though all hope was gone, but you, you called on the name of the Lord, and, and just in the nick of time, the Lord stepped in and he calmed your raging sea. The writer of the proverb found in Proverbs 3, verses 5 through 6, says this, Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and do not lean on your own understanding. In all of your ways, acknowledge him, and he will make straight your path. Even when life pushes you and propels you into a new and different direction, church, trust in the Lord. The blessed life, the balanced life, the spirit-led life, the life that God blesses best, here it is, it is the life that is willing to let go of its own plans and accept what God has in store for it. How many of us this morning can attest to the reality that we may be arriving or have already arrived in a season of our lives or at a stage of our lives where we never believed we would be? Anybody here? had a moment like that where you have ended up in a place and time and moment in your marriage, with your children, in your career, where you never believed you would be, never desired to be, never dreamed you would be, never hoped you would be, never imagined you would be, or ever intended to be. And quite frankly, some of us are in some places and some spaces this morning where we never even wanted to be. New direction. New direction. Some of us thought that we had our academic careers all mapped out, but life took us in a new direction. There are some of us who we had our careers all planned out from the time we were early school agers, but yet our careers have gone in a totally different direction. 
Some of us this morning, uh, we've received some diagnoses and some prognos uh, prognosis by doctors uh, uh, telling us, uh, informing us that, that we have some health challenges that, that, that we never had any idea we would ever have to deal with. And that's a form, that's an example of life moving us, even in terms of our health, in a new direction. Someone may say, I never thought I would have to sit in a divorce court. This is a new direction. Somebody will visit a memory care center this afternoon and have to stare into the face of someone who raised you, who birthed you and raised you, and now they don't recognize you. It's a new direction. Some of us have just exited the honeymoon phase. <laughs> and um, he doesn't make his bed in the morning. <laughs> and uh, where are all those meals I got when we were courting? <laughs> it's a new direction. Some of us Some of us have had to go and pick out caskets. We've had to go into someone's closet and decide what they would be dressed in. Some of us have, tried, have had to I've had to talk to life insurance agents, and no matter how big the check may be, the reality is I'm all alone. This is a new direction. And then for many of us, in terms of our church experience, things are moving in a new direction. I want to I want to I want to advise younger persons this morning. Glad y'all didn't go to children's church. I want to remind you this morning uh, that that young people, younger people, uh, that's everybody under the age of ninety Young folk, I want to remind you this morning that things won't always go in the direction you are intending them to go. But the blessed hope is that no matter which direction your career, your education, your health, your relationships may take you, no matter what direction they go, listen, you do not go alone. Church, I want us to be encouraged this morning as now a new direction, a new course, a new, a new path is being laid. Listen, we don't go alone. On how many occasions have, have we had it in our heart to go left 
And God allows life circumstances to shift the direction and the entire trajectory of our lives and moves us to the right. Yet wherever God leads us, wherever God calls us, in whatever new direction he may be moving you individually, moving you as a family, moving you in your career, moving and guiding and leading you in your health, moving and guiding and leading as a congregation. Listen, follow him. And in the words of the old hymn, forward boldly go in whatever direction the Lord leads. As you go where God leads you, as you go into these new directions, never yield a step when the fights in life get hot. God will always be there to send you and I help from the realms of light. And in Jehovah's might, not, not in your might, not in your power, not in your own strength, but in Jehovah's might, church, you, you can put 10,000 foes to flight. And I want to encourage you this morning, no matter where life leads you, if you keep hold of God, there's a victor's crown you're going to wear at last. Aside from Job, perhaps, there are not a lot of there are not a lot of personalities, there are not a lot of figures in Old Testament antiquity whose lives were so explicitly and thoroughly thrust into new and different directions than that eighth century prophet Jonah. Think about Joshua, who at the, at the, at the death of his, his, his mentor, his, his spiritual leader, at the death of Moses, he was thrust into a new dimension and new direction. There are those times we read about how David's life led him down some new and different pathways. And then, of course, we know how Job's life was totally truncated. It, it, it was totally turned upside down, um, having had to experience uh, sickness and disease and health and having to have lost everything he had in life. It, it was a new direction for Job. But, but I think aside from Job, uh, uh, one of the greatest Figures, one of the greatest personalities in the Old Testament who, who had to walk through new directions and go down new paths. Jonah's story, Jonah's experience was very significant. Acknowledging God's prompting to minister prophetically to a people group that he did not necessarily care for the Assyrians, in a city that he had no desire to be uprooted and transplanted to, Nineveh, Jonah attempts to take his life in his own hands. You, you can turn to Jonah, chapter one. We're going to go there. 
This is a Bible reading church. We're going to read the Bible this morning. Don't worry. Jonah's attempt, to, he attempts to take his life into his own hands after God tells him to go in a certain direction. I, I want to warn you. I, I want to lovingly and gently admonish you. When God says go left, uh, do yourself a favor and go left. I want to spare you some time. I hope to spare you some heartache, some frustration. I want to keep you out of jail. I want to keep you out of marriage jail, men. When God says go left through your wife, guess what? Go left. Go to Walmart. Go to Home Depot. Go to Lowe's. Wherever she says go. Come on, do I have any men who are witnesses this morning? I think that's where you ought to go. <laughs> and, and, and as it is with our spouses, so it should be with our Savior. Where the Lord says go, just go. Here it is. Because to do like Jonah and, and go in your own direction, to go in a different direction, in spite of the fact that the Lord is calling you into a new direction, church, it, it, this is a dangerous concept. It, it's also an exercise in futility. Why do you say that, Pastor Todd? Because at the end of it all, guess what? You can go whichever way you want to go. God is still going to have his own way. And he's still going to get the glory that he so rightly deserves. When my GPS says, shows me the way to go, and yet I decide to reroute myself, guess who's going to win in the end? Siri, Alexa, I'm going to go exactly where they are telling me to go. It's going to be up to me, however, to decide whether or not I'm going to make this a four-hour journey, a four-minute excursion, or a 40-year trace through life's wilderness. But at the end of it all, my brothers and my sisters, if we just hold to God's unchanging hand and remain encouraged, no matter how dangerous or how frightening the new direction we go in as a church, the new direction we go in personally, the new direction we go in in our relationships, if we just trust God and let him lead us and trust that he's leading us through the right pathway in life, he'll get the glory and he'll get us where he wants us to be. How many of us have ever gotten comfortable and settled and felt safe and secure at a particular phase and stage of your life? And then you sense the Lord leading you in a new direction. Jonah chapter one, verse one, the Lord gave this message to Jonah, son of Amittai. Verse two, here's the Lord speaking to this eighth century prophet. He says, I want you to get up. And go to the great city of Nineveh. I want you to announce my judgment against it because I have seen how wicked its people are. Look at verse three. But Jonah got up and went in the opposite direction to get away from the Lord. 
How many of us know people this morning who are doing all they can to go in the, the complete opposite direction of the Lord and you're watching their lives slowly but surely implode? How many times have you and I personally, uh, privately, whether in, in, no, nobody may ever know, but how many of us in the recesses of our mind can think about some instances and some moments when we decided to have it our own way, to do it our own way, to, to order life up and cook it the way we want it cooked, only to get cooked in the process. How many of us have had life experiences, some good and great, others cataclysmic and challenging, that push us and propel us into new directions but listen, wherever God is leading you personally, wherever God is leading and guiding us corporately, here it is. There's always a reason for the new season and the new direction. I want you to write that down this morning. There is a reason God is leading me slash us in this new direction. God is, not, God is not just aimlessly playing checkers or chess or tic-tac-toe or dominoes or uno with your lives. There is a reason why God is allowing you to be alive as you go into this new season. The hope we have is that the God of all comfort, that the God of our salvation, who never leaves us, who promised to never forsake us, even though he never promised to lead us through the, the tulips, the fragrant fields of life, even though he promised that he would always be with us, he never promised us that, 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 that our lives or the direction that he would be leading us would be easy or smooth or without transition or without retirement or, or without pain or without some hospital visits. He, he never promised that there wouldn't be sleepless nights, that there, that there would be some times when we would have to call on him and trust in him uh, like we've never had to before. But he has promised that he would always be right there. And that is what we hold on to when we're going in a new direction. Jonah chapter 1 says he went down from the port of Joppa where he, Jonah, found a ship leaving for Tarshish. He bought a ticket and he went on board. It, he might as well have been buying a ticket to the Titanic. He bought a ticket. He went on board. Listen, read, read this with me now. Hoping to escape from the Lord by sailing to Tarshish. I want to ask you a question. What are you hoping to escape from this morning? No, you cannot leave her. No, you cannot leave him. Uh, I hate to break this to the youth church. You got about 18 more years to live with them. <laughs> or 
for her or him. How will you respond to the call that God has placed in your heart individually and collectively to go in this new direction? I want to issue a public service announcement this morning. You ready? You cannot escape from the Lord. You cannot avoid God's call in your life and on your life and the new direction he wants to take your life by running away from it. Our cities are replete that they are full of, 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 of men who, who have run from their responsibility, their, their God-given responsibility. They have fathered children and they think that by running away they can escape the responsibility that they have to rear their children. And then the government said, you cannot escape. I want to issue another public service announcement this morning. Are you ready? Here we go. Sulking won't help your situation. Cursing God is not going to help your situation. Being mad and angry that we are in a new season, a new direction, and a new transition is not going to help the situation. Slamming and banning and, 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 and backbiting the outgoing leader does not help us get to where God is leading us. Verse 4, Jonah chapter 1. He's on this ship thinking he's escaping God, going in a different direction from where God has called him. He's, he's rebelling. He's, he's running. He's, he's thumbing his nose at God. But the Lord, verse 4, hurled a powerful wind over the sea, causing a violent storm that threatened to break the ship apart. Many of us are headed into some violent, emotional, financial relational, spiritual storms that are going to break us if we don't keep trusting God. What threatens to break your marriage apart? What threatens to, to destroy your grands and your great-grands? What threatens to destroy your career and break it into pieces? What is on the horizon in front of you that, that if we don't hold on to God will cause us to lose our souls? You know, that's the challenge with this nation, isn't it? God has called this nation. God has blessed this nation. Come on, don't we sing it? God bless the USA. Come on, I'm proud to be an American where, where at least I know I'm free. 
And yet our nation seems to run in the complete antithesis and do the complete opposite of what, of what God has called and ordained us to be as a nation. And, and look at what's happening. Look at, the, look at the storms economically. Look at the financial. Look at the relational. Look at the political storms that do what? Threaten to break our nation apart. Many of us have run into some storms all because we are attempting to circumvent, to get around, to dodge the direction, the new direction that God is calling us to. I want you to write this down this morning. Lord, don't let me be the reason I have to face a storm that could tear my life apart. Are you the reason for the storm you're facing? Could all of or some of or, or just a few of the challenges that you're facing, could they go away if you would just trust and obey? The songwriter is right. Trust and obey. For there's no other way. Not only to be happy in Jesus, but to be happy in your home. Not only to be happy in Jesus, but to be happy in, in your church. Not, not only to be happy in Jesus, but to be happy in your career. Not, not just to be happy in Jesus, but, but to, be, to have your soul satisfied when you lay down to sleep at night. It all hinges on our willingness, our capacity to trust God as we move in a new direction. When you and I sense God calling us, moving us, shifting us in a new direction, whether we like it or not, whether we want to or not, whether we find it fair or not, when we find ourselves the recipient of some stormy weather because we know we are going in the opposite direction God has called us to, should we be blessed to survive the storms? Oh, don't worry about mine. That's my iPad. Should we survive those storms? Listen, it will behoove us to do like Jonah. He survives the storm only because of God's grace. Read it in chapter one. Very, very beautiful read. Four short chapters. Chapter one, he survives the storm. But this is what he does to open up chapter two. In Jonah chapter two, the scripture says he prays. Want to survive your storm this morning? Pray. Want to make it into the new direction and, and down the new pathway that God is leading you? Pray. When times of fear and anxiety and worry uh, uh, overcome your, your heart and your mind, don't reach for a Percocet, reach for prayer. When you feel like suicide and you feel like giving up and you feel like giving in, don't, don't call Dr. Phil, don't swallow Sister Peel, but call on the name of the Lord. He's our rock. He's our strong tower. He's our shelter in times when life leads us down pathways that we are resisting. Jonah prays 
chapter 2. But not only does Jonah pray, Jonah gives God praise in chapter 2. You, you might think it old fogey to come in here and sing the songs of Zion, but I want to encourage somebody this morning. We need to sing loud and proud and strong because it's oftentimes our praise that gets us through our problems. Do I have witnesses here this morning who, who could attest to the fact that, that it was just, it was just in, a, in your time of, of weakness, it was a song like Sweet Hour of Prayer that, that guided you and got you through a rough patch. Is there anybody here who, who felt like walking out on the church, but then you came in here and we sung, Oh, Church of God, I love thy courts, thou mother of the free, the blessed home of all the saved, I dwell content in thee. And it was the giving up of praise that brought peace to your troubled heart. Going to go in a new direction, whether you like it or not, you ought to pray and you ought to praise God. Then in chapter three, we're going to read it. Jonah, not only does he pray in chapter two, praise in chapter two. That's all Jonah chapter two is. It's a prayer and it's a song. And then in chapter three, Jonah obeys. Let's read it. Jonah chapter three. Then the Lord spoke to Jonah a second time. By the way, Jonah, just, Jonah does not want to go to Nineveh because he don't like Ninevites. I want to encourage you. God is going to call you down a new direction and it might bring you into contact with folk who don't look like you, who don't think like you, who may not politic like you. And it doesn't mean, listen, we're in the world, but we're not of the world. It doesn't mean we acquiesce. But what Jesus did say something, he said, love your neighbor, no conditions. Jesus taking us in a new direction says, love your neighbor. God help us because some of our neighbors, <laughs> how many of y'all may have some neighbors like I have? When are you going to cut the grass? <laughs> uh, we paid well into the six figures to live here. When are you going to turn that music down? Jonah chapter 3, the Lord spoke to Jonah a second time. How many times is God going to have to talk to you about being obedient to him? Jonah gets a second chance. How many of us know people who are sleeping in shallow graves this morning because they didn't get a second chance to obey God? That there are some churches that have imploded, they have folded, that they have boarded up their windows, that they, they are empty now. Why? Because, not because they didn't have a big enough budget, not because they didn't have a great choir or great singing, but they refused to go in the direction that God was leading. And they didn't get another chance. There was no next Sunday. There wasn't another Wednesday night. Jonah gets a second chance. Here it is. 
Verse 1, Jonah chapter 3, then the Lord spoke to Jonah a second time, get up. Now, I rescued you out of the well, out of the belly of a well. I, 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 I blessed you to survive the first time you decided to ignore my call. I'm going to give you another chance, Jonah. Get up and go to the great city of Nineveh and deliver the message I have given you. And this time, verse three, Jonah obeyed the Lord's command and he went to Newark. I mean, he went to Nineveh, a city so large that it took three days to see it all. I don't think it's going to take three days to see all of Newark. (laughs) Maybe it's growing. Verse four. And on the day Jonah entered the city, he shouted to the crowds. Here's what Jonah Jonah shouts to the crowds now. He shouts, 40 days from now, Nineveh will be destroyed. Verse 5, the people from Nineveh believed God's message. And from the greatest to the least, they declared a fast and put on burlap to show their sorrow. Verse 6. And when the king of Nineveh heard what Jonah was saying, he stepped down from his throne and took off his royal robes. He exited 1400 Pennsylvania Avenue and he dressed himself in burlap and he sat on a heap of ashes. Verse seven. Then the king and his nobles sent this decree throughout the city. Here it is. Not one. Not even the animals from your herds and flocks may eat or drink anything at all. Verse 8, people and animals alike must wear garments of mourning and everyone must pray earnestly to God. Boy, I wish our nation, we would all just just, just turn to God for a period of prayer and fasting. Isn't that your prayer for our nation? Isn't that your prayer for our families, for our communities? This king says, listen, everybody, animals, everybody, every creeping thing, anything that hath breath, they've got to pray earnestly to God and they must turn from their evil ways and stop all their violence. Verse nine, who can tell? Perhaps even yet God will change his mind and hold back his fierce anger from destroying us. I want to remind you this morning that as you go into this new direction personally, as you go into this new direction in your family life, as you go into this new direction in terms of your career, as you go into a new direction in terms of your health, there is a purpose beyond you in this new direction. I want you to write this down. The new direction God is leading me is bigger than me. The new direction God is leading you, it's better than you. Ego check this morning. Ego check. Ego check. I made a public service announcement. Now I want to make an ego check this morning. Are you ready? It ain't all about you. The church is not all about You. Fellas. I'm going to take my glasses off on this. Your marriage has never been about you. 
say that lovingly. I understand roles and all of that. Send all of your hate mail and email. Let me give you the email. SeanWatson at gmail.com. Don't send it to me. <laughs> I understand roles and, and gender roles and all of that good stuff. But fellas, let me tell you something. <laughs> I want to tell our teenagers, sometimes, I, I, I love y'all, I love y'all, I love you, I really do. Excuse my poor grammar there. I love you all, but it's not all about you. And God wants to take your life in a direction that will bless your life and benefit your life. But you got to be willing to go where he leads and it might get uncomfortable and folk might laugh at you and friends might snicker at you and text about you and, and post on social media about you. But you let them do that. You just keep following God. Because with Jonah's, Jonah's obedience to God it, it, what was a burden to him, this new direction, was a blessing to somebody else. The new direction that God wants to lead you personally, lead us corporately, while it might seem burdensome, while it might seem wearisome, while it might wear and tear on us. Listen, if we hold on to God, what's a burden to us will be a blessing to someone else. Think of the countless generations that will emanate from this august facility. Think of the, the yet unborn. Think, think of those 10 and 12 and 13 and 14 and 15 generations from now who can say my great, 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 great grandfather, brother Chad, served in this church. And the only reason why I'm clean today, the only reason why I'm sober today is because Brother Chad and the rest of the saints decided to allow God to lead them in a new direction because they understood that the new direction wasn't all about them and what they wanted. It's all about what God and what pleases him. In Matthew 28, 19, Jesus, he gives what, what has been coined or called or labeled the Great Commission. What does he say? He says, therefore, go and make disciples of all the nations, doing what? Baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Does he say nations you like? Does he say people you like? Does he say people who are like you? But Jesus is saying, church, it's time to go where? In a new direction. Verse 4, chapter 4, Jonah chapter 4. Wow, isn't that something? We went through a whole book of the Bible. It's only four chapters. Though. Jonah obeys. Listen at this. And a nation is blessed and brought out of spiritual bondage because he decided to let God lead him not in the way he wanted to go, but in the way God wanted him to go. But look at this. Verse, chapter 4, verse 1. This change of plans, in other words, the, the saving of a nation, the repentance of a nation, it greatly upsets Brother Jonah. Church, don't get angry at what God decides to do. Stay saved. 
You would think Jonah, as a man of faith, would be excited about what God did. You would think there would be people who would be passionately exuberant over souls getting saved. People getting clean, getting free, relationships and marriages being restored and made whole again. But we got to be careful because the enemy of our souls is always lurking somewhere in the shadows. And, and what we should be excited about, the enemy will cause us to excoriate the church for. And to have an attitude with God about. Jonah chapter 4 verse 1, this change of plans greatly upset Jonah. I know there are some changing of some plans here, but don't let it upset you. I know that there's a changing of the guard. I just heard about it for the first time here today. But don't let that upset you. Change of plans greatly upset Jonah and he became very angry. So he complained to the Lord about it. I want to encourage you this morning, don't complain. Don't hate. Celebrate. Don't get mad. Get glad. Don't leave. Cleave. Don't curse. Bless. Even though it's a, a new direction. Here, here's, here it is. God wanted Jonah to be obedient and to go in a new direction so that Jonah could witness to the world at least four things. And then I will bid you a good day. I just got a text. Wait a minute. Let me check it again. Yes, the smoke chops are ready at Watts. I just been talking until I got that text. I'll see some of y'all at Watts. There are at least four things God wanted Jonah to be obedient for. Why he wanted him to go in the direction that he wanted them to go in. And they are the same four reasons why God wants you and I to go, not, not to walk in this new direction, but we should as a church be running in this new direction. Here's why. Here's number one. Because God wanted to use Jonah to remind even sinners, here it is, number one, that God is still merciful and compassionate. Come on, and a shout should have went across the sanctuary. Come on, how many of us are excited and thankful that God is merciful and compassionate? I'm going to lift my left hand. I'm going to lift my right hand. I can get a right foot up. Um, I am just thankful and grateful for the Lord's mercy and his compassion. If not for y'all, I know for me. Thank God that God has, he, he still wants to show our nation. He still wants to show our parents. He still wants to show our community. God still wants to show Newark, Columbus, Pickerington, all of Ohio. Lord knows he still wants to show that state up north that he does. He still has mercy and compassion. Even for this. 
God, God still has sorrow when, when he sees you and I suffering. God, God still has sorrow. He, he still is, God still has a, a he gets a, he gets a, his, his heart bleeds when he understands that privately we're struggling perhaps with our own gender identification and all that comes with that. And yet he still loves us through all of our stuff, through all of our secrets, through all of our failures. He's still merciful and compassionate. God wanted, wanted Jonah to go in a new direction so that somebody could hear a, a gospel message. Even though Jesus wasn't on the scene, it was still good news. That's what that word gospel means, that, that God cares and he still wants to alleviate the challenges and the difficulties that we all go through. No matter what happens, he will care for me. Is that your story? He will care for me the songwriter was compelled to write it a third time he will care for me and his mighty hand his compassionate hand his merciful hand will enable you and I to stand no matter who molests us no matter who we touch inappropriately stay with me no matter our sin is my point God still has mercy and compassion. Here's the second, here's the second thing God, second reason why God wanted Jonah to go in a new direction, why he's calling us as a family of faith into a new direction, because there's a, there are people in Newark who need to be reminded this morning that in spite of what they've done, here's, no, here's the second reason, God is still slow to get angry. I wish my mother and my father would have read that verse <laughs> when I didn't unload the dishwasher and load it back up. I wish they were slow to get angry. And how many of us are thankful that God isn't quick to write us out off? How many of us are thankful that God did not close our life's book and take our breath yesterday when we failed last week, but he gave us the opportunity today to, to breathe and to move and to be clothed and in our right minds, right enough to say, Lord, give me one more chance. Slow to anger. Jonah says it, Jonah chapter four, verse four. Here's the third reason why God wanted Jonah to go in a new direction, why God may be calling you in a new direction, in, in a new job field, in a new career field, down a new career path. Maybe this is why you got promoted. It wasn't just to get more money, but you need to come in contact with somebody in the lunchroom who needs to know that God is merciful and compassionate. He's slow to get angry. And here's the third reason, because God is filled with unfailing love. God has kept our church alive. You notice I keep making myself a member. I'm not candidating. <laughs> I just love this church so much. You, 
It's like family. It's like coming home. And, and here it is. God has kept this church. He's kept us with a great leader for 35 years. Uh, listen, th th that's not accident. That's not by mere happenstance. God wanted to use us and, and wants to use us in the days and the years and the weeks and the months and the centuries ahead to remind a world who feels like no one loves them that God is filled with unfailing love. Are there any recipients of God's unfailing love? Anybody can say, I, I, I have God's, I, I'm a member of that club. You know, now you can be a member of all these food clubs and you get points and if you show your, yeah, how many of you have the unfailing love app? This morning in your soul and in your heart this morning. How many of you use that app every day? <laughs> uh, here it is. Here, here's, what, here's what's beautiful. Here's what we need to remember. I'm wrapping up. I'm closing. I promise you. I'm a black preacher. So I get to say that two more times. I've said it once already. This is my second time. And I get two more times. Here it is. Um, 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 God's love won't give way. Oh, my goodness. God's love won't fall short of our expectations. How many, how many know somebody who promised to love you, but when you messed up, their love fell so short of your expectation? How many of you promised to love somebody until they didn't do what you wanted them to do? And the love you promised faded away. Here's what I love about God. He, he can take the most messed up, the most jacked up, the, the most recalcitrant, the most disobedient person. And guess what? His love for that person still does not fade away. The love of God, Jonah says, God, your love is unfailable, meaning it is completely dependable. Anybody have that one person, those two, 10, 12 people in your family who you can't depend on? <laughs> or am I the only one with those folk? God's love is completely dependable. In 1912, James Rowe, he took pen, put it to parchment, and in describing the completely dependable love of God, here's what he said. He said, I was sinking deep in sin, far from the peaceful shore. He thought about it. He said, you know what? I was very deeply stained within. In fact, I was sinking to rise no more. He kept thinking. But the master of the sea heard, like Jonah, my despairing cry. He keeps thinking about this thing. He said, he said, from the waters, God's lifted me. Now, now saved and safe am I. He, he, thought about, he thought about all the times he went in his own direction. And, and he kept writing. He says, he says, all my heart to him I give. Ever to him I'll cling. In his blessed presence live. Ever his praises sing. Love so mighty and so true. Merits. It, it deserves my soul's best songs. Faithful, loving service to him belongs. 
Before he, before he laid his pen down, he dipped it in his inkwell one last time. And here's what he wrote. Souls in danger. Look above. Churches in danger. Marriages in danger. Young people in danger. Senior citizens in danger. Those with health crises and, and those with um, financial challenges and distresses. They look above. Why? Because Jesus completely saves. He will lift you by his love like he lifted Jonah, like he wants to lift this nation, like he wants to lift our communities, like he wants to lift your son, your daughter, your mother, your father. He, he can lift them out of the angry waves. Why? Because God, he's writing this. He's, the Holy Spirit is downloading this into his heart because God is the master of the sea. Billows his will obey. He, your Savior, wants to be. Be saved today. And he wraps it all up with this. Love lifted me. As we go into this new direction, church, remember, love will lift us. And when it seems as though in your life there is nothing else that can help you, don't be afraid to go down this new direction. Why? Because God's love will lift us. And isn't it amazing? This is my last close. This is it. It's amazing. Anybody know? Anybody willing to be a witness? That, that as you have walked down new directions in life, it's been amazing how God kept your sanity. Is there anybody, don't, don't, don't look around, don't look to the left, don't look to the right, maybe blink twice with your right eye to let me know that, 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 that as you have walked down the new direction that God was leading you down, it, hasn't it been amazing that, that as you have walked in this new direction, you have remained sober? Is, is there anybody who, 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 would, who would just, I don't know how you're going to identify with me. In fact, I'm just going to look up in the air when I say this. Isn't it amazing somebody who could testify that, 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 that going in this new direction that you're going in, it's been amazing because you, you sat in the attorney's parking lot getting ready to initiate a divorce decree. But, but the grace of God has kept you married. It's a new direction. but you're still here. New direction we're going in. The Lord will keep us. Because of his amazing grace. John Newton. Some of you don't know who he is. He, uh, he, he, was, a, he was a tradesman. In the 19th century, no, 18th century. Made his living sailing, taking, taking cargo from one shore 
to the next. Spices. Textile. And people who look like me. Slaves. God kept, God kept, God kept, kept speaking to John Newton like he spoke to Jonah. He kept trying to tell John Newton, I need you to go in another direction. John Newton wouldn't listen. God kept speaking. Hey, come on, aren't you grateful that even though when we don't listen, God keeps speaking? Come on, is there somebody who can lift their hands and say, I, I didn't listen a lot, but God kept speaking. And, and eventually he made, me, he made me one of them Italian offers. It was an offer I couldn't refuse. That's mob talk. Cut that out of the sermon. God is speaking to John Newton. John, stop it. John, go in another direction. God, John, God is speaking to John Newton. John, come on, don't do this. John, you know better. John, you, you, you know this isn't right. And John kept refusing. But one day, here it is, everybody. John Newton, in his captain's quarter of his ship, he fell down on his knees and he repented. He got tired of going in his own direction and doing things his way. And on his knees, he wrote Amazing Grace. How sweet the sound. Saved. A wretch like me, I'm, I'm done with, I'm done with transporting slaves. I'm, I'm done with treating human beings as though they're, they're animals. I, I was lost. But you, you found me. I, I, I was blind. But I can see. And I just want to encourage you that though you, you may not know the direction, God's not blind. He can see. And he'll lead us and guide us and protect us and shelter us and like the children of Israel, when they get to the other side, God will part the waters through all of this process as he leads us to new direction. If you are here and you are not saved, God, this is, this is the chance. This is, this is God speaking like, like he spoke to, through Jonah. I'm going to give you another chance to go in a new direction. Forget about the crowd. Forget about the fellas. Forget about the ladies. Forget about social media. Forget about other church searches. <laughs> and that process. It doesn't matter what, it, what happened with anybody else or anything else. God is saying, listen, here we go. New direction.
And if we trust him, he'll lead us safely home. New direction.